0: Hello and welcome to episode 18 of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. My name is Matthew Neugebauer, coming to you live to air from suburban Toronto, Ontario, Canada, where it's cold, snowy, it's overcast, even though it's a night. Uh, It's December 22nd, we are just a few days away from Christmas, on the last days of 2017, looking ahead to 2018. Uh, but tonight, we are going into, finally, going into the theological and biblical parallels of The Last Jedi, uh, looking at the heart of what this podcast is all about. Uh, an episode I was looking forward to doing, recording, and thinking about, and having fodder to think about uh, since I began this podcast uh, back in the summer um, when the weather was different and the sun was out. Well, it was uh, pretty rainy in the summer. But anyway, I digress. Rainy, like, uh, that's, you know, an octo. Um, yeah, we're looking at the spiritual, theological, biblical resonances between uh, Christian life and Christian theology and Christian thought and our Christian sacred text and, uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi, episode 8. Um, first I want to go into uh, a little bit of the, the, the fan debate around The Last Jedi. Uh, we've you i know, i don't know if you're like me your newsfeed has been filled with people who've all uh mixed reviews of, of this film um i've briefly very three very briefly three things to point out first of all it's actually only about 20% of people who uh, who are not that thrilled with this movie uh 80% both hardcore fans and well, hardcore, committed star wars fans and the general public are all, uh, all 80% are, are on board with that. Um, the second thing to think about is so I've had two, I see two different, uh, responses, reasons why they aren't too thrilled with it. I guess this is the points two and three here. Um, you know, the one thing is, you know, they, you know, that they, people who, um, thought in episode six, nineteen eighty three, that was the end of the story, end of Luke's story. Um and 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 I understand and just be preface this, I understand where people are coming from. Um but nineteen eighty three people thought that was the end of Luke's story. Even Mark Hamill said, you know, he's he's finished the hero's journey. He he's uh dropped his lights there. I'm a Jedi like my father before me and he's going to Live his days happily ever after, just like the expanded universe went into, and and how these adventures and building up the new the new republic and Luke being this wonderful leader. Um, a- and here we have him, uh, not <laughs> being that. Um, j- just reference this is all my episodes from now on are going to be spoilery discussions. Uh, there's only one spoiler, non-spoiler reaction that I made the night I saw it first, uh, on the Thursday night on the 14th, uh, if you if you haven't seen Last Jedi, uh, again, uh, shut your computer down, go to a theater, it's going to be playing around the clock probably, sit down for three hours, well, buy some popcorn, buy some whatever, buy some ice cream, uh, and watch this film, because I love every minute of this film, all three viewings of it so far, uh, I'm gonna probably spread out my my viewings from now on just so I can heighten my enjoyment of it. But I've lo- I've loved all three viewings and what I've loved about it also, you know, the fact that yeah, we were we we don't get a Luke that's happily ever after. We get this a grumpy old um hermit who's given up. And and we look at go into why and uh even Mark Hamill wasn't too crazy about that. It just means we have to keep tracking with this character. And I, th- I wonder if that's part of people's frustration with with this film. Is There's more work to be done, if you will. Um, not that people are necessarily lazy. Just uh, there's more tension. You know, it, seeing Luke is, in this film is not a place of rest. It's a place of... Uh, stress and difficulty. And, um, th- and, and this leads to to the third thing, third point, and the second thing I've seen is people were expecting uh, this hardcore leader, uh, this guy who would hashtag ignite the green and, uh, yeah, <laughs> literally, you know, stand up against the First Order with a laser sword with his green lightsaber and be the Jedi Master we all dreamed he would be and we don't get that. We don't get him violently taking anyone out. He does not swing a single lightsaber. He doesn't even really, if you think of it, doesn't even touch a lightsaber. Well, he touches a lightsaber for one moment <laughs> and chucks it over the edge, right? Uh, and <laughs> a wonderful wonderful twist that upsets any of our expectations about what... Uh, what his state of mind is. What he's willing to do. Where he's willing to go. Um, and people I, I, people were disappointed with that. They had built up this idea in their heads. And the expanded universe had done a great job in some places. I gather, you know, the Thrawn Trilogy and other places. Going into uh, Luke Skywalker, Jedi Master. The, in Legends. <laughs> and that's kind of the point here. Is it's it, He's a legend. And the reality didn't. It, it's this meta commentary about how he's a legend, and the reality just simply doesn't live up because legends uh, are 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 not real in that same sense. You know, yeah, but we can be related to it. You know, the the Luke uh, I mentioned uh, in my podcast with my brother uh, this past week. How the book Legends of Luke Skywalker, I think I mentioned that would be is is probably the most important. <laughs> work because it has all these myths about Luke that turn out to be maybe related somehow to the truth but not directly uh bearing on what actually happens with him so that well, I can see how that upset a lot of people I mean but I, I I go back to this and I'll probably go back to this again when I record my my last Jedi ultimate prequel to this episode um <laughs> people thought that the, the story of who Anakin was and who Luke and Leia's mother was and who Boba Fett and (laughs) all these characters were. And George Lucas says, no, this is how this is going to go. And, uh, even that, the direction they, uh, they, the, 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 the prequels took, uh, people were upset by. And so, uh, again, I understand how expectations unmet can can cause a lot of—I mean—cognitive dissonance. I guess is the term. Um, so, uh, but the thing about this film, and I'm going to get into—this is going to be a segue right into the theology of this of this film. Um, you know, Rogue One was so popular and enjoyable and and uh, well done, precisely because it took what Star Wars had always been and, and continued it, carried it on. You know, the the hero soldier that goes and sacrifices and willing to sacrifice to get the job done. Uh, we know precisely what Jin and, and, and Cassian's objective is. We know what everyone's willing to risk. Uh, we have the possibility that they're all going to die at the end. All this, and... Um, Yeah, and so it fits, right, with everything that's coming forward, and and that makes sense. That's fine. That's great. It kind of had to, given uh, where it was. The Last Jedi simply will not fit into that. Um, The hero, and and this is a a broader comment, right? The heroes are not heroes, unless they're dead heroes. Leia has this wonderful, uh, wonderful line, hero, you know, talking to Poe with the. After the, the bombing of the, the dreadnought, I guess, uh, lots of dead heroes, no leaders. So this this moves into the, the theology of it is, um, yeah, the last Jedi. It r- running through. It's one side of it is innovation, A- and when I, we talk about uh, who the church is, what the church is, what choices it. Christians make um, and church communities make and churches, structures nationally, globally make, we're always asking what is the tradition of what's come before? What do we have to let go of? What can we retain? What new thing we have to do? Um, And this is running through this film. I think the, the innovation part is, is, more closer to the surface, uh, probably comes through more, uh, in questions of, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, the the obvious things of, you know, uh, uh, Luke, I mean, th- this is the be- beautifully prequels thing, right, <laughs> is, you know, uh, and, and again, I'll get into this uh, soon when I do that episode, but the failures of the Jedi. Um, <laughs> my favorite scene in this film is, is when Yoda shows up, and uh, <laughs> you know, Luke is is in a huff and is in a a, a, a burning rage and has this this uh, this extinguisher flame. I don't know what it's called uh, the the fire thing, and and he's about to go burn the tree and and the books. And <laughs> Yoda comes to him and, uh, and and you know he and Luke of course hesitates and stops. He says, no, I can't do this. Yoda doesn't hesitate. He just calls the lightning there's my sound effect and burns the tree and we think burns the books (laughs) Um, and and we're led to think that in that moment Um, right and and that partly fits into the need for us to uh, i mean there are frankly some things that christians need to let go of right uh constantly needing to let go i mean or, or rethink or reevaluate, at the very least, right? I mean, you look at Vatican II and how we we. I mean, Vatican II is both about tradition and innovation, right? <laughs> um, and, and and Anglicans and, and uh, all Christians in the '60s really had to stop and rethink. You know, the uh, culture had shifted and was very ra- rapidly shifting we we need to actually meet people where they're at. You know, John the twenty third looking over uh, looking out the window and seeing uh seeing this young couple. Well, are we reaching them? I mean, or is uh Mass and Latin at orientum uh without much lay involvement blocking people off. Uh you know, and I and I'm uh I I, I do think latin and i do think out oriented eucharists are, are beautiful and um there's definitely a place and interestingly if younger people are being in connect with with liturgical tradition more so now but that was an example of where we need to rethink things both and, and not just just catholics but you know anglicans we, the anglican church of canada in 1985 comes out with the book of alternative services and um you know, and I think two things about the BAS, right? I think, yeah, contemporary language, but also uh, Anglicanism had gone for the last couple hundred years, a uh, hundred or so, huh? 1985, 1833, 1905, 150 years, That's, I can do math. <laughs> about 152 years, fine, of recapturing the centrality of the Eucharist in, in the Church's life. And uh, the BAS... Does that in with way that the prayer book frankly just doesn't the um, BAS emphasizes community and fellowship and uh our, our the grace given to us in christ the uh, b a s does that very much and again i'm not i'm i personally would not say one is inherently better than the other. I used to say the prayer book was better um we're talking about liturgy, <laughs> uh, but uh, liturgy is just an example of ways in which there's been this rethink, um, and, and that's one of the things. I mean, that's that's not new to the '60s or the '80s. That's uh, you know the Council of Trent and um, you know, Gre- Saint Gregory the Great, and and j- that's just example, few examples in the Western Church where we've. Rethought things, reform things. Um, you know uh, what I, I actually do find so compelling about the Last Jedi is, uh, I mean, I'm, I might even just go ahead and post my Jedi in Exile episode because, right? I mean, it uh, it gets at Last Jedi really confirms for us how important uh, the fall of of the Republic to follow the Jedi in, in as we know it. I'm going to say Jedi as we know it, and that's an important point, uh, is for the saga going forward. Um, and so, uh, yeah, the whole thing, motivation of innovation change. I mean, uh, Kylo Ren, you know, and, and he's not the most trustworthy character, but the, the past die, <laughs> we, you know, you have to kill it and and that's ex- that's the extreme and and we don't have to go to the extreme my the, the beautiful scene with Yoda is he you know unlike Luke unlike Kylo Ren Yoda actually is the one who has the wisdom to know what needs to what needs to be move on move on and and part of that is i mean Luke's own sense of reliance on Storing books in this library, <laughs> right? That's the that's, so. Here's the funny thing: is that first I didn't catch that Ray actually saves the books, and she saves them. She doesn't uh, steal them or or whatever. She saves them. They're. I mean, I I know that I know that the Force wills her to ca- to take them. Uh, w i l l s. Why? Because the Wills W h i l l s actually call to her. You hear that whispering. Um, I may have mentioned this, I don't know, I definitely mentioned this talking to my brother, but the, <laughs> if you look, go to the Lost Missions and, and that Yoda arc, I, I, and he encounters the wills, W-H-I-L-L-S, uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, kind of this manifestation of the force, um, not in the same way that Anakin, I believe is, uh but, <coughs> uh, a manifestation of the force and, um. They, You hear these whispers in, in, in The Last Jedi. I, I believe that they are actually calling to her. Uh, we, maybe some, some of their actual words, that most likely actual words that people can uh, can analyze and <laughs> slow the film down, especially when the Blu-ray comes out. Um, and what's fascinating, though, is... And, and ja- my brother Jamie, he, he brought this up, is it isn't simply about innovation. It isn't simply about... The you know, the Destroying what has come before. Um, it's about critiquing, questioning how to best continue the legacy of what's come before. What needs to be let go of, what needs to be retained. So, yeah, the heroes, the young hotshot heroes, this is the meta thing I was mentioning before. The young hotshot heroes that in previous films, they would actually have been the heroes. Poe Dameron would have actually been the hero of this story. Finn would have actually sacrificed his life for this story, in, in this story and may have actually turned out. Um, that doesn't happen in this film, right? It's the wisdom of the elders, be it Yoda, be it Leia, be it General Hol- uh, Vice Admiral Holdo, uh, of course, be it Luke, ultimately, eventually. But you know, even when he's... Being, being grumpy and angsty, it's wisdom, especially Yoda, who says, uh, when Luke asks you, it's time for the Jedi, so it is time for the Jedi to end. A- and we think he's answering in the affirmative, but no, he says, it's time, time it is, because that's why, why Yoda says it's time, time it is for you to stop, to look past old books. Um, and, you know, <laughs> how they're not page turners and all that. And, the, and and And, you know, I was... Sad when I first saw the the books burn, but then when I realized okay, she saved them and uh the biggest thing. She Luke is not the last Jedi. That, r- last time I saw it yesterday, Ray's gonna continue. Right. I mean, pass on what, what you've learned. Luke did not tradition effectively. He uh because he didn't pass on failure either. And that's uh, another part of this is, uh, you know, where has the church failed to communicate the gospel? Where has the church failed to protect the vulnerable? Right? I mean, how many people think see a collar and think clergy sex abuse? I mean, that's that's the one that we throw at. How many people think Christianity here see Christian, <coughs> Christianity and think Donald Trump and Donald Trump and Roy Moore and Jerry Falwell and then? Right, how many people have failed? A- and the response for Christians isn't simply to say—I uh, think I may have mentioned this before—is isn't simply to say, "Okay, we're going to submit to whatever the world wants, whatever you know, Kylo Ren and the First Order want," or or even just uh, <laughs> sh- when when we're asked legitimate questions, just shrug our soul- shoulders and say, "We have nothing to say." We do have. The hope of Christ, we do have the love of Christ. Um, it's and and, and you know, Luke says it's not we don't own it, but it is given to us, uh, and that's that's this profound thing that we still need to pass on. And, and I mean, and it comes in Rose's own mouth, right? Uh, we let go. Yeah, we gotta we we gotta let go of some things, but uh, the only way we're gonna survive this exile of secularism is by saving what we love. Um, and so so that that's the major theme, you know, saving what we love, letting go what we need to let go of, saving what we love. Um, we love our fellow Christians. <laughs> we love uh, what is being handed down to us in Scripture. We love our hymns. Better and for worse. Right. Some hymns aren't that great. Most hymns are. Uh, you know, we love good preaching. We love the sacraments. Uh, we love God, and God has come to us. You know, in two and three days. I mean, that's the whole point. God has come to us um, as, as a baby in a manger and truly come to us, and Emmanuel. And we do ought to pass on what we have learned. So that's that's the the main point of the Last Jedi. Um, th- there's a deeper one that's r- intimate re- re- intimately, I can speak, intimately related to it, uh, a- and this really makes makes. I think mo- there's the moment with Rey sitting on that rock and getting that vision, um, <laughs> the, the reach out and. He tickles her, her hand. That's 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 pretty funny. But what she actually sees after. When she actually does reach out. One of the most important moments. In all of Star Wars. I am not exaggerating. Because it's the clearest definition. Of what the Force is. And the clearest. Explan- explanation. Not in a dry. Didactic way. Uh but in a very poetic way, not in a dry didactic way like, oh, midichlorians in your bloodstream, and not in a uh, vague, you know, unclear way like, surrounds us and holds us together, binds us and holds us together. It actually takes the 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 relationship between midichlorians and the Force seriously, and it takes, binds us, and holds us together seriously, and it shows us what balance actually means and th- i can 't stress this enough um, it, it, we actually get a clear understanding of what this I think this is what i uh, maybe what I was going to say before is people expected two things of Luke, which two contradictory things: they expected Luke to be this warrior of light and, and being unambiguous but light and they also wanted him to be a gray jedi because we we there's there's we like we don't trust morally unambiguous statements we don't trust morally unambiguous arguments so what we get is a pacifist luke who uh ends up passing on ultimately uh the light side and and I'm glad again I'm glad to be wrong that ray and kylo Ren don't meet in the middle ray is uh, it, it is far more light anyway balance and, and my point there is balance is not light and dark right dark meaning violent and bitter and fearful and angry right and and I, i've and, and what what's beautiful about this is this is how i this is at least what i enjoy because this is kind of how i thought about it before is uh, but this this really gets into the meat of it The force is that bond between life, of life, and and, and what sustains life, the tension, the balance. Her vision is life, death, new life, right? (laughs) Where do we see life, death, new life? Where do we see death being simply just a step on the way to new life? Well, of course, we see it in the death, in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. We see it in the you know, the in the Christian meditation on death. In light of the resur- crucifixion and resurrection, death is no longer the last enemy that separates us from life, from God, the giver of life. Death is merely a servant of life, in that sense. Right? <coughs> we see. Uh, fossils, and we see uh, eggs being washed away, and we see, uh, I mean fossils is a a great example, right? We see fossils turning into soil, pushing up plants. That's how life works. (laughs) That's just how life is, and exactly relating to what what I heard before is, what I was saying before is, we live and we have our beliefs and our ways of of acting, in ways of receiving the faith of our fathers and mothers. Um, Our fathers and mothers die and hopefully have passed on and we have to live in the real world according to what God is calling us to do and let be. But we die. We let go. We pass on what we have learned and we accept hopefully that we hope and pray that the next generation will uh, live faithfully to who God is calling them to be. Um, we cannot control that. And Luke, it, it's it's beautiful because uh, the idea that if the light dies, the Jedi, or the Jedi die, the light dies. I mean, you know, if the church dies, will the gospel die? That is only, and and so here's where the metaphor is is a little, doesn't fully, the resonance doesn't fully fit in that if the church dies, the gospel, well, the gospel becomes silent. Well, actually, no, it fits. (laughs) If we shut up, if we die, uh, the rocks will cry out, right? In that we, you know, we are never, we are never, the church is never control of the gospel. The church is a servant of the gospel. Church is never in control of life. Church is a servant of life. And Christians, I mean, martyrdom as the seat of the church. Christians who we all are baptized into Christ and we give up of our time of authority and control over our time and our resources and even our loves. And we hope and pray and trust that God will return our loves and desires to us, reborn and reformed, and balance and balance of the force is not uh dark and light, it is life and then death that <laughs> is the surrender of life to the will of the force. Right? You know and that's why a Jedi who has fully surrendered, this is it, and this we see A Jedi who has fully surrendered to the will of the Force becomes one with the Force, right? And then can then help foster new life afterwards. Why, I mean why, Luke is going to be in Kylo Ren's mind, in Ben Solo's mind, trying to yank Ben back. Who knows if that'll happen. Um, We know Qui-Gon had a part to play in, in The Turn of Anakin Skywalker. Um, we know that, uh, at least we can pretty much surmise it. I really do hope we see forest ghosts. I mean, that's kind of what I'm getting at here, but it, it's more than that. It's, um, basically I'm saying the will of God who holds and sustains all things, the giver of life, right? We call the whole, the creeds called the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, um, who, you know is lord over life and death, right? I mean, that's why murder and capital punishment and war and allowing famine and poverty to continue are such great evils. Uh, Why Cain is the first real evildoer. Um, Eve are the first sinners. Cain is the first evildoer because he ultimately seeks to usurp God's authority over life and death. And the crucifixion, resurrection of Christ says, says, no, I am the master over sin. I'm the master over life and death. And I give life. And I take life away in order to give life. <laughs> right? And it's something that us in the West, privileged folks in the West, maybe don't quite understand. I I, I think people who face persecution, who face uh subsistence uh you know i mean <laughs> agricultural societies who who depend on the ground i mean that's why the ancient israeli calendar was linked to and, and not just the ancient israeli calendar but pretty much every civilization's calendar was linked to uh some belief in providing food and <laughs> and especially food and sustenance uh, from the gods. Of course, ancient Israel, I mean, the, the whole point sought to offer the sacrifice of Abel, saying, you know, all of our dependence comes from God. Um, so, balance, and part of balance then is respect for death, respect for the necessity of death as our way of. Surrendering, because death is death is you know, a word for death. Uses the word finitude, um, and, and a way of accepting uh, that that you know the, the universe doesn't revolve around me. <laughs> I am not the be all and end all, and no one's expecting me to be the be all and end all of the universe. Um, the one who rose again, he is the be all and end all, and uh he gives us his life when we are when we are baptized into his death and in then into his resurrection um and so you know i mean the jedi really i mean i talk about the return of anakin skywalker as the resurrection of the jedi in uh, uh, jedi singular and and uh when i go into the prequels i'm going to say you know i still think Anakin's the Chosen One. I think he is the... He's still the one responsible for the death of the Republic and the death of the Jedi as we know it. (laughs) He's responsible for the death of the Empire and the death of the Sith. He exposes the corruption and flaws and failures of those. Um, I really hope his Force Ghost is going to come and show up and show us how he's passed on the, not just the failure, but the, uh, you know, the, the, the lessons to, to move forward. Um, so that's, that's the theology. I have a, a biblical parallel in mind that I'll, I'll close with. Um, and, and, then <coughs> and, and this relates to all of this in a way, uh, not, not perfectly, but, uh, the one that comes to mind, no, yeah, comes to it does it does relate to it Um, and and this is hopefully addresses some of how to think about Luke uh, and his failure uh, with being tempted to kill Kylo or kill Ben so kill his nephew for a decision that you know out of fear for a decision that he hadn't made yet uh, Ben hadn't made yet Moses Here's the law. He leads the people out of... He meets God. Here's the law. Leads the people out of slavery into
1: almost to the
0: promised land. Uh, you know, gets gets there, goes along, but just like every other person in the community, he has his moment of, of fear, of I can't trust in God to provide for us. I have to actually... Take this violent action that that kind of makes sure that what God has promised, you know, God has promised us water. We're we're dying of thirst here. God has promised us water, and to peaceful. He tells us to peacefully talk to this rock, (laughs) and no. Instead, Moses, in in a moment of fear and desperation and anger, hits the rock instead. Um, And in the same way, Luke. You know, he sees where Ben, Ben is going, what direction is going. And, uh, you know, in, in a way that I think parallels some things to Anakin's story. Um, he, <laughs> just like Moses takes out his staff, Luke takes out his lightsaber. That's where we get the ignite the green, right? We don't get it, uh, <coughs> in, in, against the first order. We get it in a genuine act of violence that is, uh, not called for, <laughs> not condoned by the will of the Force, um, and in that moment, he repeats Luke repeats the failures of the Jedi, saying, "We can stamp out evil by the end of a lightsaber." Um, he, it's just this moment, but he, but he, he repents in his heart. Uh, In that moment, but it's too late. You know, Ben looks up, and basically the rock has been struck. You know, I mean, yeah, the rock, the water comes out, but the rock has been struck. Um, You know, and and (coughs) uh, that's the moment that turns uh, Ben into Kylo Ren, right? It's not that Luke is fully responsible for it, but but that's the moment that turns Ben to Kylo Ren. Moses hitting the rock is <coughs> the sign that he is unfit to enter the Promised Land to lead the people. Um, and so, in a moment of redemption, he goes up, Luke and Moses go up to a high place, and and, and Moses sees the Promised Land. Luke see, meets, well, reconnects with Leah and finally has that reunion with Leah that was so heartfelt. Confronts Ben peacefully, passably. You notice that the 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 projection never swings the lightsaber. Swings the, the lightsaber. It's, it's Anakin's lightsaber. Instantly, um, never never swings it. Always dodges. And at the end, just like Obi Wan, takes uh, the barrage. Well, takes the barrage from the <laughs> the uh, the cannons. Takes. Kylo Ren's lightsaber, and undoes, uh, and turns the other cheek, and, and subverts what the violence that's coming at him. Um, no, he, But more importantly, I mean, that, again, that line, <laughs> the rebellion is just beginning, uh, okay so the war is just beginning, and, and I've talked about war in, in a different context, but the war is just beginning. Uh, you know, you haven't won. I am not the last Jedi, and we pan straight to Rey, who moves the rocks, just like Joshua walked in, walked in, and the waters parted, just like with Moses and Joshua and Rey. Joshua leads people into the promise, the people into the promised land. Rey leads the people aboard the Falcon, which. Probably has a Noah's Ark connotation there. Luke in in the barrage, coming out of the barrage, has made me think of of the fourth man, and and all four in in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and and the the fourth son of man. But, uh, the the main one of of Joshua (coughs) leading people into the promised land. We don't know where that's going to go. We don't know uh, exactly what, but uh everything we thought about this this film um it, it, it's better than it's better than we could have imagined it it's better than we could have hoped for um, the situation itself is as dire <laughs> as at the end of attack of the clones and probably more dire than uh empire strikes back you know but just like the, the israelites you know they are going into the israelites going into the promised land, the Judeans in in Babylon, this very small band looking for help, looking for allies. Um, They have finally Poe and Ray and and hopefully Finn. And uh, I want to see Rose take some more leadership too. That'd be, that'd be wonderful. She already has. She already has more wisdom anyway. (laughs) Um, Leading the people, uh, in faithfulness to what has come before in the wisdom of the elders but with a vision and a direction uh, into the brave new world just like with Luke the first steps into this brave new world um, just like Anakin at the end of episode one right and of course his story goes in a different direction like uh, the, the kid with the broom who knows where his story's going what we know is uh this this film ends with hope in the most dire situation, with new life in the midst of death. Um, yes, in the midst of life we are in death, but in the midst of death we are in life, and uh, that's what one of the things that that ju- that just makes this film uh, so profound and uh, well again, one of the probably one of the most prequels things that the that Disney's done and I'd say one of the most Christian things <laughs> I want to say I, I mean I'm sure there are parallels to Buddhism Taoism, and, and other religions too but uh, I I can't say enough about the film I'm gonna be saying a lot more hopefully um you know I got a few episodes planned uh again prequels episode I'm, one thing I'm Working on organizing actually is having a bunch of uh, anti-prequelists. I guess you know, originalists. I don't know what label I want to use, uh, or what label they're good with me using. Uh, I want to, to give their reaction. Uh, they, from what I've heard, they actually enjoy it too. Um, so let's we'll see see what they think. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to comment on comment on the film, comment on the thought my thoughts. Uh, send me, follow me at N-E-U-G 485 on Twitter. mnug 1138 on Instagram. Um, if for, if you want to figure out how to, uh, uh, through Skype or, or come on the show and, and actually share your reaction. I, I'm welcome. I want to, I want to gather different voices. Even if you, if you hated it, if you thought there's just things that didn't work, I'm open to hearing that too. Um, That these are my thoughts. These are. uh, I'm still blown away. Three viewings in, uh, and I'm going to keep watching this (laughs) film, and I hope you are too. I hope you keep listening to this podcast as well. Uh, Thanks for listening, and may the force be with you always.